few organs in England in Handel's day had any kind of a pedal board. And those that did, and they were very few and far between, the pedals were limited in range. As a result, the published organ concertos, with the exception of Opus 7, Number 1, which has an independent pedal part, we'll come back to that later, are also playable on the harpsichord. One of the individuals who played Handel organ concertos on the harpsichord was the great Wandelandowska. In February or March of 1935, she recorded the concerto number six in B flat, opus four, number six, and she provided her own cadenzas. The orchestra is conducted by Eugène Bigot.
George Frederick Handel, the Concerto in B flat major, Opus Four, Number Six, a recording made in Paris, in February or March of 1935. Van der who played her own cadenzas in that performance, on her play L harpsichord, was accompanied by an instrumental ensemble conducted by Eugène Bigot. As I remarked before I shared with you Carl Weinrich's recordings of all six of the Opus 4 concertos, Opus 4 number 6 originally was written for the harp, and one of the most important exponents of the work in the 20th century was the legendary virtuoso Nicanor Zabaleta. In this performance, he is accompanied by the Orchestre de Chambre Paul Kuntz, conducted by Paul Kuntz. Thank you. 
performance of the Concerto Number no. 6 in B-flat major, Opus 4, Number no. 6, by George Frederick Handel, was published in 1967. The harpist in that performance, playing, of course, a modern double-pedal harp, was Nicanor Zabaleta, one of the greatest harpists of the 20th century. I assume, by the way, that the cadenza in the slow movement was his own composition. No composer is credited in the annotations that accompany the recording. In that performance, Nicanor Zabaleta was accompanied by the Orchestre de Chambre, Paul Kuntz, conducted by Paul Kuntz. It can be said safely that that performance bears little resemblance to the performance that Handel heard on February 19, 1936, when the concerto was premiered at the premiere of Alexander's Feast. We do have a marvelous recording of it on period instruments featuring the artistry of the harpist who is unquestionably one of the world's foremost exponents of the early harp. Francis Kelly is on the faculty of the Royal Academy of Music and is unquestionably one of the world's foremost teachers of the early harp, an instrument that has fascinated her since her own college days. This recording was made in a venue that handled New Well, the Church of St. Lawrence Whitchurch in Edgware, the church built by the Duke of Chandos, where Handel frequently performed for the Duke, both as an organist and as the director of performances of his own music, including the legendary Chandos anthems. In this performance, the Brandenburg consort, playing period instruments, is directed from the harpsichord by Roy Goodman, and as I said, the harpist playing a Baroque harp is Francis Kelly. The harp concerto in B-flat major, opus 4, number 6, by George Frederick Handel.
performance of the Concerto in B-flat Major, Opus 4, Number 6, in the original Handel version for harp, what he premiered on February 19, 1736. And that performance was on authentic instruments, the harpist, the remarkable Francis Kelly, who is one of the current greatest exponents of early harp. She was partnered by members of the Brandenburg Consort, playing on authentic instruments. The recorder players were Rebecca Miles and Anne Catherine Brueggemann. The ensemble was directed from the harpsichord by Roy Goodman. 1739 was a particularly busy year for George Frederick Handel. It saw the composition of the Twelve Grand Concertos, Opus 6, about which I shall have more to say later on, and premiered on November 22, 1739, St. Cecilia's Day, the Ode for St. Cecilia's Day, a setting of a text by John Dryden. Handel stole left, right, and center for this marvelous work from himself, from Gottlieb Muffat's Componimenti Musicali, all sorts of places, and, as William Boyce once remarked about Handel's thefts, he takes pebbles and turns them into diamonds. This is really a wonderful composition that one hears all too infrequently. So, on this Handel birthday marathon, here it is. This recording was made in Carnegie Hall in New York City on May 2nd, 1959. Adele Addison is the soprano soloist. John McCollum is the tenor soloist. John Wommer plays the flute obligato. Laszlo Varga, the cello obligato. The organist is Bruce Prince Joseph, the Rutgers University Choir, prepared by its director, F. Austin Walter, and the Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra of New York. All are under the direction of Leonard Bernstein.
and moist and dry in order to their stations leap. <laughs> Oh! 
Recorded in Carnegie Hall in New York City on May 2nd, 1959. George Frederick Handel, Ode for St. Cecilia's Day. From Harmony from Heavenly Harmony. The soloists, Adele Addison, soprano, John McCollum, tenor, John Wummer, flute, Laszlo Varga, cello, Bruce Prince Joseph, organ. The Rutgers University Choir, prepared by its director, F. Austin Walter. The Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra of New York, conducted by Leonard Bernstein. The trumpeter and the timpanist are not credited in the annotations. However, they almost certainly were principal trumpet William Vacchiano and principal timpanist Saul Goodman. As I explained to you earlier, 1739 was a busy year for George Frederick Handel. Another magnum opus that resulted from his industry that year was what he called the Twelve Grand Concertos, Opus 6. Nowadays, they're called the Concerti Grossi, Opus 6, the Italian name. The earliest recording of any of the concertos, whole, appears to be the set that was recorded in London in September of 1929 by the Decca String Orchestra under the direction of Ernest Anselme, the famous Swiss conductor, the founder of L'Orchestre de la Suisse Romande. One doesn't think of Anselme as an exponent of early music, but he was. He did have interests broader than standard repertory and the compositions of his distinguished contemporaries like Claude Debussy, Maurice Ravel, and Igor Stravinsky. The Decca String Orchestra, obviously a pickup ensemble, was led by William Primrose. This was before William Primrose became exclusively a violist. He started out as a violinist and an excellent one. I know that the other members of the concertino subsequently have been identified. Unfortunately, I do not have that information accessible to me. What is very interesting, however, is that the continuo is realized on a harpsichord that was made by Broadwood in 1790. The Continuo harpsichordist was Leslie Heward, who died too young at the beginning of a distinguished career as a conductor. I'll play the entire album. Boy, they're hard to find, too, I know, as a collector. Concerto Grosso Number no. 2 in F Major, Opus 6, Number 2. Concerto Grosso Number no. 3 in E Minor. 
opus six, number three. Concerto Grosso, number four, in A minor, opus six, number four. Concerto Grosso, number six, in G minor, opus six, number six. Concerto Grosso, number ten, in D minor, opus six, number ten. Movements one, two, four, and five. For reasons of space, I assume, the third movement was omitted. And the set ends with the Concerto Grosso, number 12, in B minor, opus 6, number 12.
recorded in London, England, in September of 1929. The Decca String Orchestra, under the direction of Ernest Ansemé, six of the twelve grand concertos, Opus 6, by George Frederick Handel. Number 2 in F, Opus 6, number 2. Number 3 in E minor, Opus 6, number 3. Number 4 in A minor, Opus 6, number 4. Number 6 in G minor, Opus 6, number 6. Movements 1, 2, 4, and 5 from number 10 in D minor, Opus 6, number 10. And finally, number 12 in B minor, Opus 6, number 12. The first violinist in the concertino was William Primrose. The identity of the second violinist and the cellist in the concertino is known, but unfortunately I don't have that information at hand. My bad. The continuo was realized on a 1790 Broadwood harpsichord by Leslie Heward, and I dare say the realization of the continuo was very stylish, and overall the performance, the interpretation, is very forward-looking and already paying attention to elements of authentic performance practice.